Hey there, everyone. Welcome back for another dynamite episode of Debating Metal. I'm Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris K. This week, we're putting the grease paint back on as we give you Kiss's greatest hits. Kenneth and I are going to pick 15 of our favorite Kiss songs, creating our own greatest hits, and then we'll go head-to-head to see which 15 of those songs make our final list to create the ultimate Kiss greatest hits compilation. As always, I'll have some rusty metal for you, and that's where I reach deep into the metal archives and spotlight an album I think is worth giving another listen to for the first time or even the millionth time. Then I'll give you my freshly forged pick of the week, where I offer you my opinion on a new release I think you should get into. And later in the episode, we offer you our big four Kiss albums. You'll want to stick around until the end to hear which albums we chose. So if you like what we had to say and want to listen to our other episodes, download us on your favorite podcast platform. Click subscribe or download and you'll get our newest episode every week. We also want to interact with you guys and read your opinions. So if you like what we had to say or just want to rip us a new one, send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com or DM us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And we're now on YouTube, so be sure to check that out as well. Fair enough. Um, Before we go into Rusty Metal, I wanted to talk about something we just learned about basically right before we hit the record button for tonight's show. And that is the passing of... Cinderella guitarist Jeff Labar. Uh, he was 58 years old. The band had not been active for some time. Um, and it is common, well, just common knowledge that Jeff had an addiction problem. It is it's very, very, very sad news because Jeff was a very talented guitar player. Uh, he brought a ton of energy to Cinderella's live shows. I mean, I saw Cinderella... I think it was uh, three times. Cinderella opened up for David Lee Roth when I saw them in New York City. Judas Priest in Miami. And, and then uh, they were headlining on the uh, on the Long Cold Winter Tour. So I got to see him uh, a few times. And then I actually saw him, I think, close up at a club in Hollandale at the Button South. I mean, that was literally face-to-face. So I got to see him. Really cool guy. Um, great guitar player. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that he passed. Absolutely. I mean, I've never been as big of a Cinderella fan as you, um, but you never like to see somebody pass way before their time. And it seems like there's, you know, this is just breaking. So we're, you know, we're going to see more and more people talk about it, I'm sure. But, um, you know, any of these bands leave an impact and it's hard to see, you know, when they're no longer around. Yeah, it's it's weird because, you know, Cinderella as a band hasn't been active they for quite some time since the the early two th- 2010s and they hadn't released anything new since 1992 uh, since the Wayne World, I think it was Wayne World Wayne's World 2 soundtrack, I think it was or something like that. Uh it was the first it was the first movie. Oh, it was Wayne, Wayne's World 1. So, yeah, ever since then, there was a third album, which was still climbing. or No, that was their fourth album. Um, but, you know, so we're talking since the early 90s, they haven't released any new music, but they had begun to tour in the late 2000s, early 2010s, and um, they stopped touring for a variety of reasons, and they had done a couple of cruises, and some things happened, and, and Tom Kiefer just didn't want to continue the band as it was because he felt that there were some issues that needed to be taken care of. He didn't 
want to express them publicly because that's the way he felt about it. And Jeff chose to uh, offer some of that information up. And again, it's it's sad, but sometimes there's, there's nothing else you can do. A, a person doesn't want to deal with it. You don't deal with it. So they, they put the band to rest for the, for the most part. And it's sad because just like Eddie Van Halen, you knew he was there. They hadn't released new music since, you know, a different kind of truth, but you knew he was there. You knew that there always could be a possibility until he was gone. And then you knew at that point there would never be another possibility again. And that's the sad part. That's the part that kind of hurts as a fan. And that's the part that hurts as, as someone who loves that particular artist. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a very tough thing to deal with sometimes. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, that that is uh, some really bad news. But it is time for our uh, Rusty Metal pick, so why don't you go ahead with that? Okay, well, Rusty Metal today is sort of kind of topic-related. I kind of did that on purpose. Um, It is Ace Frehley's album. It's a solo album called Trouble Walking. It was released in 1989. It was released on Megaforce Atlantic Records. It was produced by Eddie Kramer, Ace Freely, and John Regan. And it was recorded at Dreamland Recording Studios in Hurley, New York, and North Lake Sound Studios in New York. Now, depending on how you want to look at this, this could be either considered the third solo album from Ace Freely or the fourth. Um, Depending on whether or not you count the first Kiss solo album, uh, of Ace Freely that came out in 1978 as his first solo album, which most people do. But then the consideration is, okay, so that was the first solo album. The second one was Freely's Comet because it's, it says Ace Freely at the top and then Freely's Comet was the title of the album. But technically that was supposed to be his band. So the next Freely's Comet release was the band's name for these comment with the album title called second sighting. So some people consider that to be an ACE really solo album. Some people don't. So that all depends on, you know, on, on your feeling for it. But this album came out after that album. It contains the songs. Do ya hide your heart trouble walking and the continuation of the instrumental songs that he does at the end of all his albums fractured three. So Considering that that's Fractured 3, my sentiment would be that this is his third solo album. But that's just, that's my opinion. (laughs) The song Do Ya is a cover song from the band The Move, which featured Jeff Lynne, who was in ELO. So a lot of people consider it an ELO song. Um, But nonetheless, it was a pretty cool version that he did. I liked liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was uh, well done. And Hide Your Heart was first recorded by Bonnie Tyler, but was recorded and released by Kiss at the virtual same time as this version was released. So it was really odd that the the two albums came out within months of each other. Uh, Kiss's, um, what album was that? Kiss's Hot, it was Kiss's Hot in the Shade album and Ace Frehley's Trouble Walking. They came out relatively at the same time and Kiss released a single, Hide Your Heart, and then Ace Freely had the song Hide Your Heart on there, and I was like, what's going on here? Found out that Bonnie Tyler was the first to record it, but it is actually a Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, and Holly Knight written song. So that's the reason why Paul decided to go ahead and do a version of his own song. Um, so 
it was a little tough. A lot of people like Ace's version. Ace's version is a really raw version. Uh, you know, it's it's typical Ace really sound. It, you know, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of reverb, not a lot of echo, not you know, just a ton of in your face sound. And Paul, you know, Kiss and them, they they're just overproduced, especially on that on that Hydra. Excuse me, especially on that um, Hot in the Shade album. It was very you know, slick production. So I kind of lean towards the Ace Freely version myself, although I like the way Paul and and, and Kiss arranged their version. Regardless, um, Trouble Walking, that song was written by Bill Ray and Phil Brown. And I don't know if it was written specifically for Ace, but I do know that that song exemplifies ace to a t and and so i think there's the either it was written for him or written about him but it's it's exactly him in a nutshell and that's what i find pretty cool about the song and finally the album features sebastian bach rachel bolin and dave sabo from uh, excuse me from skid row as well as former kiss bandmate peter chris on backing vocals on several songs uh featured on the album so the vinyl for this album was released in 2020 as part of Record Store Day, so it is available out there. You can still stream it, so I would check this out. It's a pretty cool album. If you like Kiss or if you like Ace Freely, you're going to like this album. Very cool. All right. Well, this week for my Freshly Forged, I picked a band that I've never heard of before, uh, but I listened to their, their new album, and I was pleasantly surprised it's not perfect but it was it was pretty dang cool uh, it's a tech death band from iceland so a little bit different region than we're we're used to with a lot of these and this is their first album since their 2012 uh, debut release uh, this is Aphidian one um i was really impressed it there's one of those bands that uh is if you if you sneeze or if you cough or something, you're gonna miss a million notes. So it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but what I I really found interesting was even though there's all this this uh, craziness going on and just this technical accuracy, I was blown away with. There's also this kind of underlying um, somber tone, which is interesting to it. So there's there's like two very different layers to the music where you're getting the technical aspects but also uh, there's almost this ambient sound that's going on that mixes well with it and that's something that's tough to do the album's called desolate the the first uh, three tracks that I that really grabbed my attention were the the opening track diamonds it's the first single they released um, very cool intro, uh, but Spiral to Oblivion was the one that really stuck out to me and just kind of grabbed my attention. I listened to that one a few times. And then another track called Unfolding the Crescent Moon uh, kind of did the same. I was I was really into that. And it's not going to be for everybody. Not every listener that we have is going to gravitate towards this because it is very, very technical. Um, but you can definitely appreciate the talent and, and the skill that these guys have. And there's some beauty in that mathematical aspect of music occasionally. So definitely check it out. Even if you're not a big fan of the genre, um, at least admire that, you know, there's, there are 
these guys in lots of different parts of the world that are producing different kinds of metal music and we can all kind of open our ears and listen to uh, more than what we're just used to. I think both of us, as we've done this project, the, the, you know, the podcast have really opened up and, and learned to appreciate a lot more music. And uh, I definitely recommend checking them out. I definitely have listened to a lot more music because of you and because of the podcast, you know, so um, I appreciate that because it definitely opens my eyes to other stuff. And this is something that I'm definitely going to take a listen to. Um, last last week or last episode, you mentioned a band called The Absence. And I went the next morning, like I said I was going to do, listen to a few songs on that album, The Co- uh, Coffinized. I thought it was awesome. Um, it was you know, melodic death metal band, you know, and they for, were relatively understandable. So I've, you know, I immediately said, this is pretty cool. So I, I like some of the stuff that you've been uh, recommending uh, on the Freshly Forged page or Freshly Forged, you know, advice. Uh, even some of the online Pick of the Week stuff has been pretty cool too. So I, you know, it. I hope everyone out there has been able to take some of this in and, and maybe, you know, discover some new music or some new parts of the genre that they like, you know, so it's good stuff. That's the goal. That's the goal. I like that. All right. Well, that brings us to our main topic of the evening and that is Kiss's greatest hits. Now, anybody out there listening, um, if you, if it sounds like I'm in a echo chamber or a tube or even maybe the bathroom. I'm not. Um, I am actually having my office redone in my house and there's nothing in it right now except for my desk, my computer, a a little rug and a photography background screen. So (laughs) it it could get a little loud in here, but uh, hopefully I can, I can play with this stuff and get rid of some of this noise if it, if it's a, affecting too much anyhow um i'm I'm glad to know you're not filming from the bathroom with an upset stomach or something oh i would love to do that (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh the format's the same we're gonna pick 15 songs each and then whatever uh is duplicated we're gonna put that on the list and whichever ones we don't we're going to battle it out head to head to see which ones make the list and then we'll give you our ultimate kiss greatest hits compilation and then we're gonna then sequence it into the form of a concert so um you want to go first or you want me to go first yeah i can go first okay i think i i believe you went first last week so okay let's let's do this uh so i've got them in no particular order other than they're just chronological so i didn't i didn't try to put them into a concert order like we've done before uh, but i just went chronological uh, so the my first two tracks are from the first album, Kiss, with Strutter and Black Diamond. Uh, then I've got one track off of Hotter Than Hell, Parasite. And then I've got off of Destroyer, Detroit Rock City. Uh, off of Love Gun, Shock Me and Love Gun. Off of Creatures of the Night, I've got Creatures of the Night and Saint and Sinner. Off of Lick It Up, I've got the title track, Lick It Up. Off of Animalize, I've got I've Had Enough Into the Fire and Heaven's on Fire. So they were really high on fire on that album. They were flaming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Off of Asylum, I've got King of the Mountain and Tears Are Falling. 
And off of Revenge, I've got Unholy and God Gave Rock and Roll to You Part 2. Wow, that is really not what I was expecting from you whatsoever. <laughs> um, wow. We've got some crossover, but this is probably going to be our biggest battle. Uh, like almost more I figured than, it might be. I think it's going to be more than half. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Um, wow. Very surprised. Very surprised. But at the same time, some of the songs that cross over are, um, not as, are, are surprising as well. All right. So let's, um, let's go down what my list is. So my songs, same things. It's in chron- basically chronological order, except maybe something in the middle there. All right. So off the first album, Deuce and Black Diamond. Uh, number three off of uh, Hotter Than Hell, Parasite. Number four off of Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll All Night. And off of Destroyer, song number five, Detroit Rock City. And then Do You Love Me? Off of Rock and Roll Over, I have Calling Dr. Love and Making Love. Off of Love Gun, I have I Stole Your Love and Shock Me. Off of Creatures of the Night, I have Creatures of the Night. Then I have Lick It Up. And then off of Animalize, I have Heavens on Fire. And from... I just blinked out. And from Hot in the Shade, I have Forever. And my last song, number 15, off of Revenge, I have Unholy. So we do have some crossover, but we have a lot of non-crossover. That's good. Let's fight it out. Oh, yeah, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we duplicated Black Diamond, which I didn't realize you were going to like that song. But the, the one that really, really surprises me out of all this is Parasite. Yeah, oh. I like that song. It's really cool. Okay. Uh, we obviously have Detroit Rock City. We have Shock Me. Uh, we have Creatures. We have Lick It Up. We have Heavens on Fire. And Unholy. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs. We're battling almost half. All right. Well, um, I believe last week I picked the leadoff track uh, with the Metallica one. So why don't you start off? Okay. Um, So (sighs) you picked Strutter and I picked Deuce. Um. So this is a song we're trying to we're trying to keep. Um, I mean, we're at the beginning of the list. I'm, I, I don't have to pick this song first or anything like that. So let's do this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say because this is a greatest hits album, I, I can't possibly fathom the fact that Rock and Roll All Night would not be on this album. Okay. So that's going to be my my song that I'm picking. Okay, you're but you're not picking it to be the first track. You're picking it just to save it. Yeah, I'm picking to save it, right? Yeah, because because we're, we're condensing down our list, right? Right. Okay. I knew it was going to make the list. There was no doubt in my mind. It's just t- I have to pick what my favorite songs are, right? Of so course. That's that's kind of the the mentality I had. I knew that it was going to make 
you know, make the greatest hits. It, it's, it seems impossible that you'd have a Kiss greatest hits without rock and roll all night. Exactly. All right. So if I'm going to save a song, um, it's got to be Love Gun. That's possibly, if not, my favorite um, song by Kiss. So I got to have it on the list. So you're saving Love Gun. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we have to drop a song that we can live without, I guess you could say. So that being the case, um, oh man, there's so many songs from that 76, 77 era that I really want to put in here. Um, but I don't want to overload one album. And... We have Love Gun now, and we have Shock Me. So I guess I'm going to have to drop I Stole Your Love off of the Love Gun album. Okay. Um, well, then let me drop I've Had Enough. I like the track, but we've got Heavens on Fire. So I can drop that one. Yeah, when it when it you know, I was looking at all the albums and or just trying to picture in my head what songs I want from all these albums, I, I began to realize there's a, there's a lot of single songs. You know, like for instance, we didn't pick anything off of Crazy Nights, but Crazy Nights is not a bad song, but is it a greatest hit? You know, we obviously didn't pick anything off of Psycho Circus because that was just bad. Uh, I mean the the song Psycho Circus is not bad. It's, it's, it's not bad, and it's amazing that they use it as an opener. I'm like, yeah. I, I that I that boggles my mind. But um, it's a catchy tune. It's just for me, it's not one of my top. I think it's a better live song mm-hmm. than it is on the in the studio. So I think that's where part of it comes comes across. I'm like, okay, <sighs> all right. Let's see what we got here as far as what I'm going to keep. Man. There's some songs on here that that uh I just absolutely love. Oddly enough, they all have the word love in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um but for for me in this particular case this song was a a big hit for them at the end or excuse me actually at the beginning of the 90s because it came out in 1990 or 89 90 that period um actually it was it was 90 that it came out the the song forever has a lot of meaning for me and I, i'm going to go ahead and keep that song because that that's going to be the power ballad you know they don't have anything or you and i don't have anything on this list that would be considered the power ballad and i think this is the the perennial you know uh lighter in the air or in today's terms you know phone with the light the the um the flashlight on song and so i'm i'm keeping that song okay all right then I would like to keep, say, Strutter off of the first album. (laughs) Okay. I like Deuce better than I like Strutter. 
But since you've got that, I'm going to have to drop uh, Deuce because, unfortunately, I'm... <laughs> 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 I'm um, dropping a deuce, baby. Um, that was fantastic. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> that song is gonna go down the toilet. <laughs> oh, man. oh, they couldn't. You couldn't ask for it to be better. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that one's going. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So if I need to drop one. Um, I'm going to drop King of the Mountain off of Asylum. Okay, that work. I like that song too. It's a really <laughs> cool track. It's a it's a good uh, it's it's a good album as a whole. Um, but there's a few standouts on it for sure. King of the Mountain. That's on um, that's on Asylum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good album. The there the song Rise to It which leads off hot in the shade. There's so much promise with that, with that song. Cause it's a pretty catchy song. And then they have, you know, uh, tears are falling. No, that's off of asylum. Excuse me. Uh, so rise to it really was all they had. It was a promising song. And then the album kind of went South from there until it hit forever. Uh, and then I was just like, yeah, this is not a good album. And, and it's weird. You know, I, I love Eddie trunk, but I have to highly disagree. He thinks that Hot in the Shade is a better album than Revenge. And I don't know what that dude smokes on a regular basis. But that is just absolutely no way Jose is that Hot in the Shade album better than Revenge. Revenge is such a, a comeback album to me. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I like the song King of the Mountain, which was from Asylum. But we have, from Asylum, we already have what? Um, nothing, right? We don't, we don't have anything official yet. Ha- oh, okay. All right, so I'm going to make a suggestion. We haven't done this before. Why don't we pick one from each other's list to drop? To drop, okay. Mm-hmm. So you want for me to pick one of your songs to drop. And you're going to pick one of my songs to drop. All right. So you have Saints and Sinners, Tears of Falling, and God Gave Rock and Roll to You. All right. Out of those three songs, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think that you're going to guess which one I'm going to pick. But I'm going to drop God Gave Rock and Roll to You, <laughs> too. <laughs> I, had a, I kind of had a feeling that that was coming. <laughs> you left so, it up to me. <laughs> you know, I, I, you could have picked anything. But um, I, I didn't really think about it until after I looked at what songs I had left. So um, the thing is, I I like the song. I don't I don't know if it's like the most amazing song, but I think it because it's tied to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and I watched that so much as a kid. It was one of the songs that just stuck with me, and every once in a while it just pops into my head, and um, you know, it's a, it's one of the Kiss songs that. Uh, is kind of synonymous with them. So I felt like it, it belonged on there, but I'm fine with losing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So from your list, you've got, do you love me calling Dr. Love and making love? So a whole bunch of love. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like making love. Uh, wrong band. Sorry. 
wrong band. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So among these. see we've got I think I'm gonna drop Do You Love Me off of Destroyer <sighs> it's a good song um, but something about the Destroyer album I've never been a huge fan of um, I don't know everything around it I kinda like but I just there's this lack of cohesiveness but the the recording quality is amazing so there's just something about the album I've never liked. For me, it's weird because I like a lot of songs in that album. Um, I mean, I think it has nine. And I really, you know, I love Detroit Rock City. I like uh, King of the Nighttime World. I like Shout It Out Loud. I like Do You Love Me. I, I like God of Thunder. It's got a bunch of songs. I mean, I like Sweet Pain. Flaming Youth. I mean, I like the whole album. Uh, realistically, Beth to me is the weakest song in the album, which happens to be the biggest hit that they had at the time. Uh, and so, for me though, something about the overly slick production from Bob Ezrin on that album that kind of just—I don't know—it turns me off a little bit. You know, it's yeah, it's not. That's, that's part of it. Is I just don't like, even though it's good recording quality and it, it's it. It is slick, and it shows that that next step, I guess. To me, it seems like everything that led up to that album was a little bit raw. And then all of a sudden, they just became extremely commercial. And I, don't, I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, it's... it's it... <sighs> I don't know. Like I said, it, it's it, it's an odd album because then they go back to that really raw sound on... Rock and Roll Over, which I actually think Rock and Roll Over is better produced than Love Gun. And, and I like the sound on both, but I think Rock and Roll Over has probably the best sound that they had in the 70s. Mm. And, is, and and the songs on there are really, really good. But it's a, it's a 70s album. You know, it, it, it is exactly that. So there's some, it's, there's a lot of eclecticness, I guess you could say. Whereas... With Destroyer, the only different, the only thing that really stood out as being different was Beth. Everything else was kind of, to me, was kind of in the same lane, different, you know, different tempos and stuff like that, but all in the kind of same lane in terms of of music. Maybe, maybe Sweet Pain was was probably the the least uh, of hard, I guess you could say, you know. But with um, with uh, Rock and Roll Over, they had Mr. Speed, and they had, uh, I think Hooligan was on that album, or no, Hooligan was on Love Gun. They just, they just had, they were all over the place to me uh, on um, on Rock and Roll Over. So I don't know, maybe maybe I'm I'm misremembering stuff, and I haven't heard it in a while. But regardless, here we are. We have three spots for four songs. So I get to pick a song to keep, and you get to pick a song to keep. Do you want to do? A, do you want to do a crossover, and I pick one of your songs, and you pick one of my songs to keep? Um, yeah, or do you, we can or do, do that. Wanna, or you want to pick do, your own? No, let's do that. Okay, so you have Saints and Sinners left, and Tears Are Falling, and I got to pick one of those two songs. I have Calling Doctor Love 
and Making Love. Okay. Of the two songs that you have left to pick, my choice would be Tears Are Falling. Okay. I like that song. It's a great song. And uh, one thing I always laugh about when I see the video for that that track is that um, even though Bo- uh, uh, Bruce Kulick is in the band at that point and he is, you know, officially a member, you almost never see him in the video if you go back and watch it. You see him in, like, the group shots, but it just basically goes back and forth between Paul and Gene. Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene. Quick shot of Eric. <laughs> Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene. There's Bruce in the background. Paul, Gene. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, yeah. But you can see who, who the band revolved around, for sure. Um, no, absolutely. Okay. So between the two tracks that you have, um, I think I like Making Love as better as a track as a whole. Calling Dr. Love, it is an iconic track, but I, I remember seeing it on so many different types of media. I feel like it's been used in commercials and some other stuff. And I just have this this connotation of it that I just I remember hearing it so many times I got tired of it. Really? And that's the only thing that I can think of. But I I, I like making love as a track better in general. Okay. Uh that works for me because I like both songs. So, you know, whichever one you choose <laughs> is is gonna be good with me. Um now we're down to two songs. Calling Dr. Love and Saints and Sinners. Now we've got to battle it out as to see which song we're going to keep. Um, so basically, you've just put in your, your two cents on Calling Dr. Love. What, what, what's, uh, what's your two cents on Saints and Sinners? So it, it, just to clarify, it is actually just Saint and Sinner. Oh, um, that's right. I, and I, it's a song that's kind of written by... Uh, Gene Simmons, and I say kind of. It's a song that's written by Gene Simmons that, from what I understand, is about his relationship with Ace Freely. And so if you listen to the lyrics, you kind of understand where he was at with him as a friend and as a bandmate at this point in their career. They had made a huge change by by replacing Peter Chris, who had really not even played on the last two albums. And... Um, it, but it changed the dynamic because at up until this point there was that mystique of you know these were the four guys they brought in uh, uh, Eric Carr changed the sound quite a bit and uh, then you have the the last guy that was that was in the band uh, that was from the original uh, lineup being Ace Freely and I say the last guy Jesus then you have uh, Ace Freely who who is also in the band from the beginning now being replaced because he's not playing on this album. He's on the cover. He's, he's part of the image of the band and they tried to make it look like he was in the band as long as they could. Um, but this was kind of like a outlet for, you know, his feelings at the time. So to me, it's a pretty powerful song. It's also one of the best sung by Gene Simmons. And, I just think it's really it's a really cool track. Okay, I I mean 
I I don't disagree with you at all uh, as far as the, the the pros for that song. Um, it's funny because Ace Freely, in my opinion, you know, after seeing the, this history thing that came out on A and E recently. Uh, and realizing that Ace Freely did not partake in it, but listening to Ace Freely interviews and 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 hearing Gene Simmons, these and and Paul Stanley and Peter Chris, basically, these four guys had such a, a, a great chemistry in the in the seventies, and obviously between you know Paul and Gene staying clean and Peter and Ace not being able to maintain themselves. Uh, and letting addictions and, and stuff get in the way, you know, they that chemistry disappeared. Um, but the the thing that really, really strikes me after watching all that is how the friend, there's like, to me, it, it almost feels like Ace is, is really, really, really trying to maintain a friendship. He doesn't say it. And I think he's hurt by the fact that he cannot maintain a friendship with Gene and Paul. I, I don't. I, that's the vibe I get. Like, like it really hurts. Like he sits here and says, "Yeah, you know, whatever. It, you know, that they're gonna do what they're gonna do, whatever." But there's a sense to me that way down deep inside, he's hurt that he's still not part of Kiss. I can see that, yeah. You know, and that and that's that's a weird thing. And so that dynamic, because when Gene Simmons went on this little solo tour a few years ago, where he was, he unloaded all his archives of all the crap that he had in his vaults, and literally sold a one thousand dollar vault to you of all his demos and stuff like that. There's a reason why that stuff didn't make the the the, the records. It stinks, you know. But it's it's nice. It's nice to hear it every once in a while, to to sit there and say, "Oh, this is where that came from." So, but you know, demos are demos. I mean, you're not going to sit there and 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 spend a thousand dollars. And there were plenty of people who did. Don't get me wrong. Um, and and sit there and say, I, "I'm going to pick up this album because I want to hear you know the demo from Wicked Lester of you know what Rock and Roll All Night came from." You know, and so it's it's tough and and. Ace, not Ace, excuse me, and Gene brought out Ace Freely with him to some shows. Not even shows. These were personal uh, appearances where they would meet the fans that bought these vaults. And he literally brought Ace with him to some dude's house. And, and it got to a point where they were doing it at like a, a small little venue because there were several people that they were going to see. And it was it was you know, Ace and Gene together again. And they had a good time until Gene opened his mouth and said something about Ace's wife. And, you know, it's just like, come on, Gene, don't you know how to keep your mouth shut? You know, but he doesn't. Uh, And then he also, Gene also brought out Vinnie Vincent. And the same thing, Vinnie, you know, that's, that was the return of Vinnie Vincent. And then lo and behold, Vinnie made all these promises and literally disappeared again. And and backed out on ha- on on all his uh, commitments, so Vinny's a weird person to begin with. So there's something about Ace that I, he to me he desperately yearns to to be back in the fold. 
he he hides it really well in my in my opinion. I mean, he's a big part of what they are. They, I mean, there is essentially in his eyes a guy up on stage cosplaying him, and <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's got to be hard to some degree, you know, especially if you want to be that guy. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's unfortunate. And we talked about it several times in the past on, on several episodes, how Ace Frehley's technique and guitar playing never really improved the pa- a past a certain point. You know, where someone like Tom Thayer, you know, who who has the ability, if not better, you know, it, it's it's... Ace is never going to sit there and say Tommy's better than him. He just sits there, well, yeah, Tommy copies me. Of course, because the, the fans want to hear your stuff. So Tommy's going to play it your way. That There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But personally, I believe Tommy is probably a better guitar player because, one, he can do Ace freely, and he can do his own stuff. So There's just too much bad history that yeah, uh, get the band back it's, together. It's, exactly. It is what it is at this point. Um do I have a problem with Tommy Thayer playing? No, I don't. Um, a lot of people do. Not my problem. All right, so we have Calling Dr. Love and Saint and Sinner. Um, I love your argument on Saint and Sinner. Um, Calling Dr. Love is one of my favorite Kiss songs. Um, it was just, it's, it's, it's like literally the epitome of Gene in the 70s, but I'm going to go ahead and drop that one and keep Saint and Sinner uh, just because of the, the the background to it, I like I like the story, so we'll go ahead and keep it. All right. Well, I guess that gives us our fifteen. That gives us our fifteen. All right. So, our fifteen songs for tonight are Strutter, Black Diamond, Detroit Rock City, Parasite, Rock and Roll All Night, Shock Me, Love Gun, Creatures of the Night, Satan Sinner. Lick It Up, Heaven's on Fire, Forever, Unholy, Tears Are Falling, and Making Love. So that is a pretty cool group of songs. Um, It definitely spans a career. So we're going to have a, a, a good powwow here about these 15 songs. All right. Well, since I picked first uh, for the songs, why don't you go ahead and start the show off? Hmm. You know, you're the bigger Kiss fan. I'm actually going to defer to you this week. Oh, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so over the years, um, Kiss has used several songs as their opener. Um, They've used Strutter as as an opening song. They've used Detroit Rock City as an opening song. Um, They've used... Um, out of what's all creatures of the night as an opening song. So, out of out of those three, to me, one of them doesn't belong at the beginning of the show. Um, so I'm gonna I'm left with two. So my my choice for to start the show uh, is gonna be creatures of the night. I love the way they started it on Kiss Alive Three and on on that tour. So I'm gonna go ahead and go with that one being number one okay uh, I mean I, I 
I can't disagree. That's a great opening track, and it's off of one of my favorite Kiss albums. So, um, let's see. Uh, for track two, we need to have something that's keeping the energy going. Um, let's go with let's go with Parasite. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that song. Um, okay. So we have, for the most part, all the songs except for one, in reality, are pretty you know mid-tempo to up-tempo songs. Um, maybe you know one is it's not a slow song, but it's slower than the others. Um, but being being that the, that most of the songs that are left are really very popular Kiss songs. I'm going to say, why don't we go ahead and put Saint and Sinner in the number three spot, since that is probably the least popular of all the songs that are here. All right. Um, so right here, we're in the fourth track. Usually you would slow things down. Um we do have one ballad, which might be nice here, uh, with Forever. Um, what do you think about putting Forever there? Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, no, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I mean, it's basically, at this point, you're getting it over with. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Um, sort of like how Metallica did uh, Enter Sandman at the beginning of the Black Album Tour. <laughs> They literally, they literally said, let's let's play this song first because we want to get to the heavy stuff, which is kind of weird because it's now become their set closer. <laughs> so Yeah, they've gotten older. <laughs> yeah, they're soft. <laughs> All right. Um, now, remember, we do have vetoes um, available. Forever is off the board at number four. So we're going to pick up the pace. Um, I like in this particular spot from the the slow acousticness of forever. I, I like the drum intro of Shock Me to, to, to kick things back in. Okay. I'm good with that. So I'm assuming we're going with 12 tracks as our main set and then three as the the encore. Yes. All right. Um, Shock Me is kind of mid-tempo. Um, it's probably a good idea to keep it right around there. And I don't think it's a bad idea to, to put Lick It Up right here. Hmm. Lick It Up at that spot. Okay. All right. I, I, can, I can go with that. I can go with Lick It Up in this spot at the number six. So... We have now, so we're halfway through the main set um, before we get to the encore. So, um, keeping the vibe going of 80s Kiss at this point, from Lick It Up, I, I, I can see us going into Heavens on Fire. What do you think? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think as long as we 
Yeah, I mean, it's just two tracks back-to-back from that time period. So that's not bad. So then I guess it would be a good idea to go back to the 70s. And I think a good one right here would be... What about Love Gun? Yeah, that works. Love Gun! Yeah, I like that. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Okay, so... We've got seven songs left. And we're starting to get to the nitty-gritty. How about Tears Are Falling in this spot? Um, Yeah, that'll work. So that mostly leaves us with tracks from the 70s at this point. Except for one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, we're getting towards the end of the set. There's only three tracks left. Uh, how about Making Love? Okay, I can go with that. That's, that's That was good. Okay. Mm-mm-mm-mm. How about strutter right before the end of the set that works for me okay what you got so we've got black diamond rock and roll all night detroit rock city and unholy left mm-hmm. um hmm. um kind of feeling a good way to end it for the main set would be Black Diamond. Perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking. I like that because if you if anyone out there remembers Kiss Alive, that's literally what ended the main set for Kiss Alive. Um, you go through that whole intro, the middle section is a long guitar solo, you slow it down again, and then you just have the bombastic ending. I love that. And I think that's the perfect way to do this one. So that ends the main set. So we got three songs left. And we're going to open the encore. I think we open the encore with Unholy. I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it would. It's funny because... When, we, when I said that there was three openers um, for songs, um, Detroit Rock City is, is has, was always one of the openers that they used. And I can't remember what this opening song was when I saw them in, I believe it was 88 or 87. I can't remember. No, 87 is when I moved to Miami. I think it was 88 or 89. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they did Detroit Rock City as the opening song coming out of into the encore or coming out of the encore basically when they came back on stage. I'm I'm almost positive. I I, I would have to look at the book, but I'm almost positive that was it. If if not, they opened the show with it. One of the two. I mean, if it's one of the two, I think it's got to be Unholy or Detroit Rock City. Yeah, but I I, I like Unholy because of the the way it starts. You know, it's a doon, doon. it's kind of just like that. You're building up to something, 
and yeah. you know coming in at a you know you could just imagine a concert it's all you know everyone's cheering you know kiss 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 they come back on stage and you know just you know down down and they just rip into that song i love that song <laughs> no I, I think it'll work um so that leaves detroit rock city and rock and roll all night uh i think you have to go detroit rock city next yeah, Detroit Rock City, and then the Rock and Roll National Anthem, Rock and Roll All Night. I like it. That's, I like that's that. It's one of the first times we haven't used any vetoes either. No, no. Because it, they, they have a lot of songs that could be middle songs in, that, in, in this particular list, and I like it. You know, we, we definitively made an opener, and we definitively had a set closer. Everything else in the middle, I mean, literally, you could move stuff song back and forth, and it would all still work. So I think that's that's why we didn't do any vetoes. I was going to veto you if you would have picked Un- Unholy <laughs> instead of Black Diamond. <laughs> I, you know, I just didn't feel like Unholy is a good closing song. Like to even even if it's the the feigned exit of a of the main set, like it just doesn't feel like the last song you would want to see at a show right exactly so all right well that is our 15 songs for kiss's greatest hits number one opening show would be creatures of the night number two parasite three saint and sinner number four forever number five shock me number six lick it up number seven heavens on fire number eight love gun number nine tears are falling Number 10, Making Love. Number 11, Strutter. Number 12, Closing Out the Main Set is Black Diamond. And coming out for the encore, song number 13, Unholy. Number 14, Detroit Rock City. And the Rock and Roll National Anthem, Rock and Roll All Night, closing out the show at number 15. I like that set. So there we go. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a pretty cool set. Um I think it spans the the total career. You picked some songs that I wouldn't have, and I've got some that uh, I think surprised you. So it, I think it's a pretty good list overall. Absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to our big four Kiss albums, and um, that this is going to be an interesting one. I don't think we're going to have a lot of duplicates on this one. Uh, although unlike last week, I don't, I think we are going to have some crossover, but I don't think we're gonna have a lot of crossover. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've gone first through, I started it, so might as well do the go first on this. Okay. Uh, my number four is one that I never really paid much attention to until we started doing this podcast. And that's number, uh, that's Asylum. Asylum was one of those albums that grew on me. I kind of missed a lot of what they did in the 80s. You know, the the big songs from the 70s are kind of what I think most people have like have in their mind. Um but the 80s to me is is that sound that I grew up with. And I really liked what they did during that time period. And I have a lot of respect for Bruce Kulick what he brought to the band was a level of maturity in his playing and it just just a lot of skill. You know, they had come off of working with Mark St. John uh, and Vinnie Vincent, who were both good players in their respects, 
Uh, Vinnie Vincent's extremely talented guitarist, but I think they just didn't mesh with him in the same way that they did with Bruce. And Asylum is is just a really good album. And if you if you don't have it in your mind, I think definitely go back and listen to it. My number three is Kiss, the first album. Um, these are the songs that the band had been working on, you know, prior to even being called Kiss. You know, this is that that raw, hungry, um, you know, moment in time where they they wanted to be something and something great, and it shows. All the tracks on the album are really good. Um, the production is better than the next two albums that followed. And it just, it's, it's something special. A lot of these songs uh, have a different tone than what would follow. And it doesn't sound nearly as commercial as where they would go. This is, this is them at their hungriest. I think that's the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Uh, my number two is love gun. Love gun is, is, uh, probably the first album I may be confused, but I think it was the first album that I owned from kiss. Um, I thought the album cover was really cool. So I picked it up and that was, that was my whole reasoning. Um, (laughs) but the, uh, the, the track, uh, love gun it, like I said earlier is my favorite kiss track. It's kind of disputable with the next album I'm going to, going to mention. Um, but it was one that I just, I really like, and I have just kind of ingrained in my memory. Um, as I listen to it, as I get older, I'm like, Hmm, some of the tracks I don't like as much. Maybe I just, I, I have that like nostalgia factor. That's, that's kind of guiding that, that aspect of it. But I really, I, as a whole, I can listen to it from beginning to end and pretty much enjoy it. And then my number one is, one that you really brought attention to, um, and it became my favorite, is uh, Creatures of the Night. Uh, for the reason I said earlier when I was talking about uh, Saint and Sinner, um, the, the title track, Creatures of the Night, pretty much everything on that album, I love the, the mix. I love how, how forward in the mix Eric Carr is. It shows you know, just how great of a musician he is. Uh, the sound changed to a more modern sound at the time. The band really adapted, and I think it's a fantastic album. Um, Vinnie Vincent, I think, is putting some of his best work, even though he wasn't credited on the album. Um, I actually like what he did on this album in a lot of regards better than what he did with Lick It Up when he was actually a formal member of the band. And... um, there's just something to the vibe of of everything that they put on this album that really works. It's consistent. It has a great sound, and it's it like I mentioned with Eric Carr, he put forth so much effort into making it sound great because he just was such a good guy, and he really was proud to be a member of the band. And I think I think it just shows. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great album. I like your list. Um, we do have two duplicates, um, but where they are on the list, we shall find out right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four for me, my, well, before I say, before I go on to number four, I, I know we don't do um, honorable mentions um, and, and we, we joke about that, but 
a lot of people say you picked Kiss, the first album. That album has seven songs out of ten that I really, really like. And and actually, there's six solid songs on that album that I really, really like. I could probably go without nothing to lose and not, but I still like the song. Seven out of ten. And and even then, one of the 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 other ones that the eighth is uh Kissing Time. And I think I can it's a pretty you know, happy song. Um, so being from the seventies, it's, it's an understandable song. So I really like that album, but the next four albums, I like a little bit more for, for a variety of reasons. So, um, I really wanted to pick the, the first kiss album, but something drew me away from it. So number four for me is destroyer. It has my favorite kiss song on there with Detroit rock city. I really like a lot of the songs in that album. So it was it was hard for me to put it at number four. But at the same time, there was a, a it almost felt like I had to drop it just because I liked Kiss so much. But it ended up being my number four album uh, with songs like Detroit Rock City, King of the Nighttime World, God of Thunder, um, Great Expectation. I forgot about that song. We were talking about that earlier. So there is some eclecticness. Um, with that song, uh, it, it, it definitely, de- it, Gene Simmons reached into a different area for himself on that, on that song, uh, flaming youth, sweet pain. I mentioned before, shout it out loud. See, there's a lot of good songs in the album, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, you know, and do you love me? You know, Beth to me, again, I mentioned earlier, probably the weakest song, but you know, it, it ended up being their biggest song in the 80 end of the, of the seventies because of the radio airplay that it got and because it was a ballad, you know, chicks dig the ballads. All right. Number three for me is love gun. And I really like a lot of the songs in the album. Um, you were mentioning something a little bit about nostalgia and, and certain songs in this album, but it's got some big songs on this album. I mean, one, two, three, four, five songs from this album, half the album were played uh, on the Kiss Alive 2 album. And that's how I got to know these songs. And I, I really, really, really like a lot of the songs on this album. So um, Shock Me being one of my favorite Kiss songs. I mean, it's it's my favorite Ace song. I love the guitar solo. That's my favorite Ace Freely guitar solo. Um, Christine 16, I Stole Your Love. You know, we were you know debating that earlier. Love Gun, great song. You know, as Paul likes to say, he wrote it on an airplane ride on you know across the country. So it's it's a really cool song, a really cool album. So that's my number three. My number two, we're gonna go a little bit newer with Kiss and, and Revenge. Revenge. You know, like I said earlier, I don't know what Eddie Trunk is smoking, thinking that Revenge is not that good of an album. But to me, that's a great album. Um, Unholy, Take It Off, Domino. You know, I love the ballad every time I look at you. I just wanna, which is just a great concert song. You know, thou shalt not. It's kind of you know, it's a cool, it's a cool chorus. And then of course it, it ends with car jam, which is actually a jam of Eric Carr's. And oddly enough, it it's a song. I believe it's a song breakout from Ace Freely and uh, from Freely's Comet, the first solo album. There's like a, a little bit of a riff in there of that. So that's that's unique in that regards that Kiss would actually put that on there. But I love this album, so it's it's really cool. And number one for me is the same as yours, Creatures of the Night. 
absolutely great album. That is my favorite Kiss album. It, it took a long time for me to establish that as being my favorite Kiss album, but it's the one I always go back to. You know, I love the song Creatures, Saint and Sinner, Keep Me Coming, Rock and Roll Hell, Danger. I mean, it's got nine songs on it, and I like eight out of nine. And the only reason I, I can't even say I don't like I Still Love You, it's just it's too slow for me. Uh, so I, I usually skip that, but Killer, War Machine, War Machine is one of my favorite songs from Kiss. That's just, this album is a Gene Simmons album, basically. If you listen, you know, I Love It Loud, Killer, War Machine, Saint and Sinner, Rock and Roll Hell, oh, those were really good songs by Gene. Um, so it's an that is album. my, yeah. oh, it's, it's an awesome album. So both you and I had that as number one. That is really cool. So that's our big four Kiss albums for tonight. Chris, let them know what's up. All right, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Remember, if you like what you heard today, be sure to check us out on social media and leave us a comment. Make sure to tune in to the next episode when we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth Dean and myself, stay safe, and remember, always turn it up to 11. See ya.